back to the Ali Barfa Equestrian Podcast and actually to a whole new year. It's 2022. And I thought I'd start this year off with talking about something that I did that um, really challenged me and put me out of my comfort zone, which was riding in a race, a charity race um, at Newbury. So this episode is unusually all about me. So I hope you enjoy and welcome back. So this episode I'm going to be talking about something that I did um, a few years ago that was not a part of horse riding that I normally do which is race riding. Uh, Most of my career I've been um, eventing and doing some dressage and training horses but I've never ridden in a race. Um, I'd always wanted to ride in a race um, and a horse that I had once that could have perhaps ridden in um, a local point-to-point race. Um, well, he's he's long gone now because he got old. So my opportunity seemed to pass. Um, and then I actually had both of my hips replaced um, six, six and a bit years ago now. Um, and going through having hips replaced, I found really challenging because prior to having my hips replaced I found riding a horse really painful I found standing up and coaching teaching really painful um and actually when I went under the knife I didn't know whether I was gonna ride again Uh, so that was very sad um but anyway, I had both of my hips replaced not at the same time but one and then three months later the other one and I got back on my daughter's horse after she had ridden it and I made sure it wasn't going to butt me off. Um, and I had a walk and a trot and that was amazing. I had a tear in my eye. And that was where my journey back to riding started from again because I really didn't think riding would be on the cards. Moving on from from that and getting back on, I saw an advert looking for jockeys for a charity race and I thought oh that sounds um that sounds exciting and some of my head was saying you should do it and some of my head was saying absolutely don't do it because your hips are going to fall out and who knows what your surgeon's going to say so I I sort of stuck with that thought in my head should I enter this charity race and and I kept it to myself for a while And then I did a bit of research into how fit you actually have to be and what is involved in being able to ride in the charity race. And I got, I downloaded the fitness test from the British Racing School in Newmarket and looked at all the sections of the fitness test and thought, oh my goodness, I'm not fit enough (laughs) to pass those. And for the charity race status when I did it you had to pass 60% to be able to be fit enough to ride so I thought whatever happens before I put myself forward to being entered I've actually got to start getting a bit fitter so in the March the race was in November in the March I thought right okay I'm going to start training myself to do the plank because that was one of the elements and the plank um, I started 
I started a 30-day challenge. This is before I'd entered the race because I thought, well, if I can't even do a plank, I'm not going to be able to pass the fitness test. And I did a 30-day challenge which started off at 20 seconds of a plank day one. That's what I remember. And by the 30th day, you could do a plank. I'm thinking four minutes, but that seems way too many. But it was at least two minutes. So I started training myself to get fitter with the plank and doing some more walking. And then I entered the race. I entered, I thought, well, let's see. You had to put in a bit of a CV why you should be accepted because they only had so many spaces. And I thought, well, perhaps I won't get chosen. But then lo and behold, I got an email saying, congratulations, you are one of the riders in the charity race. So then that was like, holy cow, you're going to have to really start getting fit now, girl. So I started all the different elements of the fitness test. Uh, part of it is a bleep test, which I believe now isn't in the fitness test, but it was two, two years ago. Um, and so I started having sort of, I wouldn't call it running, uh, I started jogging around the village where I live and I started all the other exercises. So they're leg raises, which are a killer. Um, balancing on a on balance things. Um, they were like upside down hedgehogs. They weren't actually hedgehogs. They were wobbly things. I can't remember what they were called. Um, <laughs> so you had to stand on them and crouch down so that your thighs were activated and then put your arms in front of you and have, well, something in front of you to hold on to. And you'd, so you needed to do that for two minutes. And then you had, you had all sorts of things and you can look it up on the British Racing School, the fitness test, if you want to challenge yourself and get fitter. So I'd been accepted for the race. The next stage was to actually pass the fitness test. So the fitness test involves going to new markets um, about six weeks or so before the race to make sure that you're not going to be unsafe and that you um, can actually ride and tack up a horse. So I went to Newmarket um, with my suitcase on the train to London and then up to Newmarket because I thought that was easier than driving and being exhausted. And um, I arrived and I had stayed overnight the night before, which was very exciting, in one of the little jockey rooms, which was prepared perfectly for a good night's sleep, all white and um, blackout curtains. Anyway, the next day woke up and had breakfast, met the rest of the riders also doing the fitness test and the riders that were in my race. And we started off by, did we go to the gym first? Yeah, we started off doing all the fitness in the gym, which was um, hysterical. So I always prepared, um, thinking everything I do is exactly what I'm going to do on my fitness test. But um, I thought for some strange reason that morning, it would be really good to, to have two shots of my electrolytes and sugary little packs to really, really boost myself. Um, but in fact, that was really bad because that made me feel like being sick because I had a bit too much sugar and electrolytes in my stomach. Um, 
So note to self was definitely stick to the plan you did before. Not make up something new on the day because you think you're going to be better. So um, I can't remember the first move of the fitness test. I've got a feeling it might have actually been the bleep test. Um, anyway, the bleep test was one of my worst elements. I did not like it. Um, there's... A <laughs> Anyway, the bleep test, I can't remember what I got in, but as soon as you um, don't get your toe over the line, the person that was um, checking you were going to pass would say, you're out, and then that was it. So very demoralising. Um, and then we had um, the press-up and the leg raises and the holding the pole out on the wobbly things and then sliding up and down the wall with... A big one of those big yoga balls um, in your hand. First of all, you've got to do 20 seconds of sliding up and down the wall so that your thigh muscles get activated. And then you've got to stay in a uh, crouch position for two minutes <laughs> to get 100%. I did do that for two minutes and got 100%, which was amazing. But then when it came to the plank, um, having the plank position... I remember doing it and really regretting those electrolytes and sugars because it was all I could do to stop myself from being sick. Um, and we all started at the same time and every minute that went past, some of the riders dropped out. And I managed to get to four minutes and get 100%. So that was my my glorious moment because um, I did really well in that one, which was just as well because some of the others didn't do well in. But overall, I passed the fitness test and then we were all given a resource to go and find and tack up and then get on so uh, uh what was my horse called here we go really prepared i actually can't remember my horse's name um so found the horse and apparently some people don't pass the horse bit because they'll either not do the girth up or something else so uh, i did pass that thank goodness i got on the horse and then we cantered round and round and round a circular gallop and we just kept cantering and the jockey um, fitness coach and actually the head jockey training coach Richard Perham was there and assessing us and uh, we all passed that thank goodness um, I think my legs hurt at the end because we just kept cantering for a long time so the glorious news was I'd passed the fitness test and therefore could ride at Newbury so then it was six weeks of getting even fitter um, until the big day. So part of the training for getting the fitness test completed was riding out for a local um, trainer who um, is Mark Gillard. Mark and Pippa Gillard took me under their wing and let me ride out all lots of different horses at the yard. So I rode mares, geldings, tall ones, short ones, fast ones, slow ones. And they weren't sure what horse I was actually going to ride on on the race day. But what I did get from riding out at the yard was actually I remembered how much I'd loved just cantering. Cantering on a horse. Um, because I think when, I don't know, I guess... 
I've got really into schooling horses, so the cantering about part sort of got lost slightly. And I, I when I was a child and a teenager, basically, I would totally rate my ride on how many canters I'd had in that session. So <laughs> actually cantering everywhere and just going from standstill to canter gallop was such a fun experience. And I think if I was a teenager again, choosing my career with horses, I would have probably been very tempted to go and become a jockey or at least train with them or work with them whether I'd have been good enough to be a jockey we'll never know but it was the whole of the new market setup was amazing and the, the facilities there are absolutely incredible and if you get a chance to pop in they're really welcoming and would love to show you around I'm sure so um, I, I rode lots of horses at Mark Gillard's and I wasn't sure what horse I was going to ride in the race there was a chance there was one called Finisher who was potentially a very fast horse. Um, and then oh, they, they had some beautiful horses that I was thinking, oh gosh, that would make a nice event horse if it's too slow. Uh, but anyway, it was decided I was going to ride Paddy. And his stable name, or his stable name is Paddy, but his racing name is Vanderbilt. So... I actually only rode Vanderbilt twice before the race and both times up the gallop we got to the bottom of the gallop and then we would go and I couldn't stop him. He would just totally bolt and take off with me um, and <laughs> I actually thought that's what he was going to do on the race day. Anyhow, so that, that was my horse. He's about 61 chestnut gelding and that was my horse for the race. So going on to the race day, I, I knew the horse I was riding and I felt quietly confident that actually we were going to totally beat everybody else and go as fast as we could, um, as long as I could control him to the start. So we got we got to the race. Um, so we're now 7th of November, um, two years ago. So that was 2020. And um, my friend Charlie Bosenkay, he led me to the start because um, it was decided with the trainer and myself that that would be the best thing in case he got too excited. And probably actually because I had never raced before and was possibly going to poop my pants. Um, not literally, but um, anyway, we... we started off down the track earlier than everyone else came onto the race course and probably a third of the way down I said to Charlie actually I feel fine you can let me go so he let me go and I just did a nice gentle trot on down to the start and then all the other horses turned up and my my dear friend and trainer and um, jockey and champion point to point jockey really Goshen had given me lots of tips and she said whatever you do do not take your eyes off the starter that's the most important thing keep your eye on the starter and watch that flag um so I was keeping calm I was breathing I was actually probably a bit too relaxed um I was conscious of not getting too excited and then setting the horse off and also then starting off before everyone else and getting eliminated which would have been highly embarrassing as 
pretty much most of my village came to watch me and cheer me on. Anyway, I thought if I can start without bolting before everyone else, that's a win in the first place. So anyway, the, the starter's flag went up and then we were off and I was a, started off just behind some other horses with other horses as well. And we were off and that first part of the race was absolutely amazing. It was flat out. All I could hear, well, I don't think you can hear mud, but I could smell mud and it was just the sound of thundering hooves Um all I can think at that point was, wow, I, I don't think I was thinking about anything like breathing or any essential body functions. And then we came to the first corner uh, and I thought, oh, I'll hang slightly in left, which probably was a bad move because I slightly pulled him off track. I should have just left him stay with the rest of the runners. Then we were about halfway round and I started to think, oh my goodness, I... I feel like we're losing a bit of energy here. Um, and then a few horses went past me. And then we were going, so this is all still... The horse is flying along. Um, so this is one mile on the flat. I didn't say that. It wasn't over jump. So it was one mile, which would take about two minutes. And then we're coming sort of to the three-quarter part of the mile. And I thought, gosh, I'm actually feeling like we've got no energy left at all. Probably more me totally than the horse. Um, and then I felt like my stirrup was going to fall off. <laughs> my left stirrup. I remember thinking, I can't believe it, my stirrup's broken. But it hadn't. It was actually, I'm pretty sure, that all the blood and oxygen had gone from my legs. And um, anyway, as I went over the finish line, I thought, oh my goodness, now I'm actually going to fall off because... <laughs> I couldn't stop because then he'd got his wind. Well, he, not that he'd ever lost his wind. Anyway, I couldn't stop him. And I was thinking, am I going to fall off left or right? Because um, there was, yeah, no energy in my legs at all. Uh, and anyway, everyone was cantering still. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to hope they're going to stop. Or words to that effect. As I canter past everyone else. <laughs> and then... Everyone turned around to go back out, and that was it. My horse decided he was going to canter off back round the racetrack <laughs> the wrong way. Uh, luckily, he didn't, um, and we came out of the paddock and into the paddock, and I got off, and I'd been advised that it's good when you've ridden your first race to have someone behind you because it's quite likely that you're just going to fall over because your legs won't work. Um, and luckily, Charlie caught me, and my legs didn't work. Uh, so that was it. But I survived, but I didn't win. But I did win, really, because I actually rode in the race. And as my surgeon told me, my hip surgeon, do not fall off. That's your only <laughs> thing you've got to think about, which I never thought about at all. I, um, I was working out staying on. So all in all, I had an amazing time. Um, and I raised £2,000 for the British Horse Society, Changing Lives Through Horses Charity. And um, what it did is it, it just taught me to push myself out of my comfort zone of staying, doing things that I know, rather than pushing myself. Um, and the feedback I've got from fellow riders and non-riders alike on me completing the race was that it's inspired them to do something slightly out of their 
comfort zone. So, uh, yes, that was an amazing, an amazing day in my life. And so many people helped me get there. So I thank everyone that supported me and believed in me. And um, what I can say on reflection of that is I'm so glad I did it. I'm really glad I did it. And um, it sort of taught me that the restrictions and reservations I had in the first place were just reservations I'd put in my own head. Um, so sometimes you've got to maybe push yourself a bit more because you can probably do more than you believe you can. Great. Well, thank you very much for listening. And I hope you enjoyed that. And um, I look forward to talking again soon. Thank you for listening to the Ali Barfoot Equestrian Podcast. If you've got a lovely story you would like to share with the audience, whether it be an inspiring story, a story of courage, or just a business or brave, brave thing that you're doing, do get in touch. Ali Barfoot Equestrian at gmail.com. Whatever you're doing, keep smiling, keep being happy, and keep doing what your passion is. And if it's horses, keep riding. 